Welcome back to another episode of 5 a.m. Theology. Rose, one passage stood out this week in our reading. This was after Jesus' resurrection, and the passage that stuck out was Jesus' interaction with Peter when he tells them that he is also going to die by crucifixion. Peter's response is less than stellar, but Jesus' answer has a lot for us to ponder. Yeah, and we should say that leading up to all this, the apostles are in the fishing boat. They're coming in after not catching anything all night. Jesus is on the shore cooking breakfast and yells out to them, although they didn't know it was him, to put their net on the right side. And they catch a net full of fish again. They realize it's Jesus. Peter shows his exuberance by jumping out of the boat to get to him faster. And when Jesus tells him to bring in some of the fish they caught, Peter single-handedly pulls in the whole net of fish that had been too heavy for the rest of them together. And that's according to verse six of John chapter 21. So sometime after breakfast, Jesus is walking with Peter. And that's when the conversation occurs that we're going to talk about. I'll read the passage here. It says, it's John 21 verses 18 to 23. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was going to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple who Jesus loved following them, the one who had also leaned back against him during the supper and said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. And again, that's John 21 verses 18 to 22. When Peter hears about the cross, he's going to have to bear death by crucifixion. Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus and starts comparing his plight with the plight of John. We all struggle with comparison but it's sinful. It brings nothing but bad fruit. Comparing our circumstances to others is a sin. Comparing what we accomplish to others' accomplishments is a sin. If they have better circumstances, it's going to likely produce envy in us. And of course, jealousy is a big sin. If their circumstances are worse than us, it could make us feel superior to them. And again, that's a sin. All of it, is a sin because any kind of comparison shows that we're discontent with God's plan for us. Exactly. And Rose, there's more to this because we're supposed to admonish and encourage our brothers and sisters. We need to think through how we answer one another when we're talking about this subject. When someone is envious of another or discontent with their life, the very advice that we hear so often, and I think everybody hears this a lot, Christian and non-Christian. This is what people say all the time. Think about those who have it worse, or you could have it worse, or we'll just think about those poor people and wherever. Rose, that's not Christian advice. No, it's not. And the funny thing is, is they never say, well, think about the people who have it so much better than you. 
No, I know. It is. It's terrible. And it's just taking off yourself, putting it on someone else. And you're right, Chris, it's all discontentment. God is in charge of our lives. He has a plan for each one of us. And no two plans is exactly the same. God is sovereign. In a recent episode of No Trash, Just Truth, we talked about the prophet Malachi, and we talked about that grace is God's divine prerogative. He can do whatever he wants with anyone he wants. He's sovereign. And going back to Peter's interaction, what was he hoping Jesus would say was going to happen to John? Was he hoping Jesus would be like, yeah, you're both going to be in the same boat? Or if you think your end is going to be bad, where do you see what he's going to have to deal with? We're not told. And we don't know. We don't know what was going through Peter's mind. But Peter lost that exuberance at this point. The guy who just hauled in a huge net of fish to get to Jesus as quickly as he can was now sulking. And yeah, he's got his crucifixion on the horizon. So of course, he's going to be sad and have the wind knocked out of him, maybe even be a little devastated. But this guy who just was wholly focused on Jesus, now takes his eyes off of Jesus and is worried about what someone else is going to have happen to them. Yeah. And I just want to reiterate Jesus's answer again. If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You follow me. Peter struggled with this problem of taking his eyes off Jesus. This isn't the first time we see it. We saw it when he was walking on the water. He was fine until he took his eyes off Jesus. And we see it at Jesus's arrest and crucifixion. Peter was the one who took his sword out, cut a guy's ear off, ready to fight to the death for Jesus. And then he took his eyes off Jesus. And the next thing you know, he's denying him. Yeah. And he had already rebuked him once. Yeah. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. I mean, he's taking his eyes off of Jesus and not seeing God's plan. And you know what? We are going to struggle every time we do that too. When things are tough for us or we're scared or we don't like the direction that things are heading in our lives, we need to focus more on Jesus, not less. We need to pray to the Father for strength for the journey, but we we need to focus our eyes and firmly and fix them on Jesus because our temptation is going to be to do the same thing Peter did. Yeah, and we're going to have the same results that Peter did. We're going to focus on worldly things and we're going to fall. Focusing on other people and what's happening in their lives, whether it's better or worse than what's going on in ours, it's only going to lead to sin. Like I said, it's going to make us fall. God has marked out a race specifically for each one of us. We all have our own race to run and we all have our own race to finish and our own crown to claim. What others do has nothing to do with our race and finishing and our crown. We need to run that race. As a follower of Christ, when we're dealing with other people, when someone's in a tough position, we should be reorienting their gaze on Jesus, the author and perfecter of their faith. Everybody is in the place where they are, whether it's a horrible, devastating place, or a wonderful, fully blessed place right now, God has a plan for it. We don't need to be insensitive to people telling them, well, this is where God wants you, but we do need to reorient their focus on our sovereign, holy, almighty God. 
God has a plan. Absolutely. And one other thing I noticed in this passage, Rose, and we've, we mentioned this a few weeks ago in an episode, and this is just a side note for this passage. The text goes on to say in verse 23, so the saying spread abroad among the brothers that this disciple was not to die, meaning John. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die. But if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? And when I read that, the people of that day focused on the wrong part of the text and missed the main point. Like I said, we talked about this a few weeks ago. They focused on the apostle John not dying. Oh, let's focus on that part. Yeah. And it wasn't even true. And it wasn't what Jesus said. And yet they focused on it and they missed what they needed to hear the most. So typical. Yeah. I think it was you, Chris, in that episode a few weeks ago that said, People love to pull out the mystical kind of mysterious things instead of just getting the main point. Yep. It's just so typical. Yeah. Guard against it. Unfortunately, it is typical and we do need to guard against it. And that's a good place to end for today. Have a blessed morning, everyone.